All right, blockaders, you know what time it is. It's time to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend himself after a high day of clamming, Mr. Robin Vote. Let's sit back, relax, and make the jump into a galaxy far, far away. Man, rumor has it that galaxy's even out far past Dorchester. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to... No, I'm not going to even try the announcer thing. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. It's Robin Vote here, the host of the show. And listen, I've had a bevy of guests on more recently. You know, we had the great uh, Gina and we had Mike Moriarty from Home Wanna Hangout, the return of the mic, as I like to say. Uh, not going to use copyright from Return of the Mac. That, that would, No, 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 I get myself in trouble for that one. But anyway, here on this episode of Make the Jump, I have been wanting to have this individual on for quite some time. I love going through their Twitter page, much like many of you in the Star Wars fandom. And finally, he's here, and he's super excited to be here. It's Mr. Dakota Spicer from Dagobah Customs. Dakota, how's it going this evening? And thank you so much for coming on Make the Jump. Robin, man, I'm so stoked to be on the Brick City Blockade. It's been like... I want to say it's been like a year since I've been wanting to get on the show. So I'm oh, so nice. stoked, so excited. Oh, that's so great. And I love hearing that. You know, Dakota is a, a diehard blockader. And that's really the thing here in 2019 is getting you blockaders here, having your these conversations and whatever else. And I'm just going to start off right with this because, like we always say, sometimes the more interesting things happen before we hit the record button. And here, finding out what Dakota's does. I mean, Chris Letty was roams through your Twitter page all the time and checks out what you're doing. And I would love to have you tell the fans, what is Dagobah Customs? Because I'm loving every second of whatever you're doing. Well, Dagobah Customs, I have to start back a couple years ago. Yeah. So a couple years ago, when Force Awakens came out, I mm. started getting into toy photography. Mm. So t toy photography became a huge passion for me. Right. I, you know, just started purchasing figures, started getting Black Series figures, started, you know, messing around. And that kind of evolved into what it is today. Mm. Um, I would have to say that my passion for dioramas hasn't really started to become what it is, you know, at this level that it is now. Right. Until about six months ago. So about oh. six, six months ago to a year ago, I started selling my dioramas through my Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. uh, Excuse me. I uh, I started getting a lot of customers. I started uh, you know branching out and just trying to deliver uh, dioramas for Star Wars fans who want something to display their Black Series figures or mm. SH Figure Arts figures with, and that's something that they can you know use as you know for photography or for displaying. Yeah. And um, it really started evolving after that. And you know I got a really good friend who. Uh, who started supporting me was uh, Jason Yang from Work More or Less. Yeah, he got he got one of the dioramas and he loved it and started taking pictures and that got me some oh, exposure. Great. And uh, you know the community has been such a uh, a warm welcome to you know everything that I'm doing. So I'm just I'm super appreciative of all the love that Dagobah Customs gets. I mean it's really it's really surprising to me. Um, just how much exposure I've gotten in such a short amount of time. I mean, it's really humbling yeah. to be, but I'm excited to do it, man. And it's, it's stretching because I'm a fan too. And I want, I want to enjoy it as much as I want to make it. So yeah. it, it's, uh, it's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Now for you, 
doing the work that you do. Now, I'm a huge Black Series guy. I'm I'm the one to stock and one to rock kind of guy. I got to get two of them when I'm at them when I'm out nice. about getting my Black Series figures and whatever else. Now, for you in terms of and, and this is fascinating to me because I've never really talked to anybody who comes from the building side and then also from the photography side too, which is really cool. And I see things you post on your Instagram all the time and I love the pictures that you put up. And sometimes I find myself doing it too. It's kind of like, oh, I see what you're doing. And I'm like, how fun would it be just to kind of look through my camera lens for a second and just look at it from that perspective? Now for you, when it comes to SH Figure Arts, Black Series, what is your go-to for, for photography, do you feel? Man, currently I am obsessed with the SH Figure Arts uh, line. Mm. Now, I have to give a little backstory. So about a year sure. ago, I had to I had to dump my entire collection. So really? I went, yes. So I, I went through a job change and I mm -hmm. had to I had to sell everything. Uh -huh. So I had to offload all my figures to be able to comfortably and I had probably around 90 90 to 95 figures that were either custom or I had, you know, just picked up, you know, at the store, but mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. long story short, um, I'm, I'm back in the game. I've got about, uh, let me look, I would say about 40, 45 figures right now, nice. maybe 50, maybe 50. Um, and the thing about, okay. So the thing about black series and figure arts is mm -hmm. you can't, you can't just have one. That's true. That you is gotta, the truth. To be able to do it proper and to be able to have like depth in your scene, of course you want to do portraits or stuff like that. But if you want to start doing, you know, interesting scenes where there's, you know, uh, interaction between characters, you got to have, mm -hmm. you got to have that, that log of characters that you can pull from. So, so if I want to do a Maz Kanata scene, I need to have, you know, a Finn or I need to have like a Ray or I need to have, you know, you know, people that she would interact with, or even maybe that in the canon she doesn't interact with and you just want uh -huh. to throw it in there. Sure. But um, SH Figure Arts is definitely my go-to right now. I just got Obi-Wan Kenobi in yesterday. Nice. The uh, Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan. He's sitting yeah. here with me right now, actually, as we're recording. <laughs> and uh, he's awesome, dude. He's killer. Yeah, the, those SH Figure Arts, you know, I was turned on to him from, of course, Mr. Brian Fontaine over there from Six Scale Scavengers, the Jedi Scavenger himself, and Chris Letty kind of – I never knew where Chris Letty was on in terms of the SH figure rights. I think he Brian tried to convince him as much as possible, but he was always kind of the vintage guy. And you know what? I'm looking straight across over at my collection, and thank you to Mr. Brian Fontaine for this. I have a uh, SH figure rights Death Trooper, uh, which is nice. one of my favorites. I am absolutely obsessed, Dakota, with uh, Black Series, uh, the specifically the Death Trooper. But then I got the SH figure rights one. And it's just so much more. I'm, I'm going to say it. You can manipulate it so much more. You're able to do a lot more movement with it. You're yes. able to just, just, yeah. just move it around and have a lot more fun with that figure. Where black, where the black series stuff is great for collectors. I feel like the SH figure art, like you said, is really good for trying to manipulate and trying to also get that exact shot that you want. Well, you know, giving people a little backstory on SH Figure Arts. So, sure. SH Figure Arts is a line that's exclusive to Japan. So mm -hmm. they 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 design the characters, they design the figures in Japan, and they ship them all the information to China, which they produce them, and then they ship them back to China. All right, excuse me, sh ship them back to Japan, right. and they distribute them there. The thing about uh, the United States is Hasbro has the property. Uh, the, the right, the sole exclusive right to distribute six inch figures 
in the US in the US market. So that's mm. the reason why you don't see SH figure arts on the shelves. Right. So for you to be able to purchase one, of course you can go through sites like Amazon or you can get them through uh, you know eBay, right. but those are not going to be distributed by US distributors. So mm -hmm. what I'm hoping is is Hasbro's uh, license is supposed to expire in 2020. So there might be a window that we might actually see some SH figure arts get to come into the States. So Bluefin Distribution is the distribution company that does figure arts, right. but they're not they're not allowed to do Star Wars because of Hasbro's, you know, exclusive deal gotcha. with with, uh, with Lucasfilm. Yeah. And and Disney. So, you know, SH figure arts, like you said, they're they're highly posable. They usually have 30 plus, you know, points of articulation. You're able to yeah. get those the expressive emotions that you can, you know, really recreate yes. scenes that, you know, you never would be able to with a, you know, a vintage character or a vintage figure. You know, it's it's really a, a collectible. You know, it's something yeah. that you you wouldn't let a kid pick up and play with because no. you know, it, it definitely has that collector uh, attention to detail. Mm, and I just love getting that SH figure arts box too. It, yeah. it's, it, it just, it has that uh, Eastern culture feel to it. I don't know if that's a real thing, but it does. The packaging does. Is, is so Japanese, just so Japanese, so Eastern culture. And I love receiving it. And of course I took Japanese classes in high school and, and I love just reading the box and stuff. It's, it's just that little extra twist in the fandom that just makes us as Star Wars fans and whoever collects SH figure arts, we look at that and we're like, oh, that's that's just a cool little piece of the fandom that we get to hold on to and enjoy in that sense. And Dakota, one of the other things I want to ask you about, too, is, you know, with SH Figure Arts and Hasbro, where do you think the next direction of action figures are going? I've had this conversation with a bunch of people. I know you kind of mentioned that, well, 2020 Hasbro is going to have to reconsider and they're going to have to kind of go back to the drawing board and say, OK, what are we doing here with Star Wars? What's the idea? Where do you see the, the future of these figures going? And in terms of Star Wars, we've seen things like the Gen Arso. We've seen the Cassian Andorus that still sit on the shelves to this day. What is the best approach and what do you see in the near future for these figures? Because they have to be careful with what they choose. It's a win or lose game sometimes. Hasbro does a really good job of listening to their fans. Um, they do a lot of interaction with their community. I don't mm -hmm. see I don't see Hasbro losing the rights to Star Wars. I gotcha. definitely the only thing I might see is that they might open it up to other companies having rights alongside. So I I think they have a really good relationship. I, I think the fans will be disappointed if Black Series got dropped and right. you know maybe Mattel or or Bandai picked them up. Right. I think I think it would throw a lot of fans off who are you know really you know neck deep in Star Wars Black Series figures, and they they want to be able to you know continue the line. They want to they want to get all the you know characters yeah. that are on screen and in comics and you know in the EU and that possibly you know maybe characters we haven't seen yet. They want that in Black Series form. Now I would have to say that's a loaded question though about where where Star Wars uh, collecting is going and where <laughs> that's a really yes. loaded question. So I'm very opinionated about this. So sure, I, absolutely. I have to give a shout out to my uh, other account that I do. I do a uh, feature page for Mezco 112 Collective, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that with that uh, that line of figures, but they are. Um, just as articulated and detailed as SH Figure Arts, but they are mm -hmm. made here in the United States. Oh, interesting. They, 
they don't uh, have a Star Wars license, but they do Marvel, they do DC Comics, uh -huh, they do uh -huh. uh, a lot of you know niche properties like Halloween or Dawn of the Dead or wow, um, a lot of interesting like horror properties. Um, yeah. But giving giving a little background on Mezco. So sure. Mezco came on the scene. They started doing these. What what they're known for is uh, soft goods. So they do an incredible uh, six inch version of like a hot toy. You know, you see like the hot toys, they'll have, you know, cloth goods on their figures. Yeah. And Mezco, the guy who created the company, wanted to, you know, kind of implement that into the, the Black Series, quote unquote, scale. Interesting. So they started doing that. And once they did that, other people started catching on. So all of a sudden you have other companies trying to keep up because every time Mezco drops a pre-order, it sells out in 30 minutes. So they may. Wow, jeez. Now, let me, let me, let me say that right. When they do an exclusive figure, so <laughs> if they do a main release, it, it may take you know a month, but they will sell sure. out, and the the value continually goes up for these figures, unless it's unless it's a dud like Catwoman. Catwoman was a dud, but <laughs> that that goes without saying. So, uh, I I don't know if you saw the New York Toy Fair that just happened this weekend. Yes. So, are you aware of the hyper real line that Hasbro is coming out with? Yes, I've been seeing the uh, pictures of the Vader hyper real Hasbro figure that has okay. been released. So now that's what I see possibly becoming the next evolution of figures because it's gotcha. not that it's not the same scale as Black Series. It's a little right. bit it's a little bit bigger. It's an eight inch Vader, but you're going to be getting a metal skeleton. You're going to be getting a seamless posing. So you're not going to see any joints. You're not going to see you know, any seams of articulation, you're sure. getting cloth, you're getting cloth goods, you're getting all of that quality that you like in hot toys, but mm -hmm. you're getting it, you're getting it from a U.S. Uh, company. You're getting it in a company that, you know, there's a million amount of characters that you could do in that kind of style. Like I would love right. to see them do Boba Fett. I would love them to see, you know, do, see them do, uh, any character that has armor and cloth goods incorporated, like it was, it was a brilliant choice to do Vader. But anyways, yeah. I dig, I digress. But I would have to say that's where I foresee the Star Wars, you know, evolution of, of figures going is because let's face it, we're adults, we're not kids, you know, <laughs> we, we can afford, we can afford a little bit more expensive figure. And if that's you're willing, true. if you're willing to spend a little extra on a figure. You might as well get the one that looks the most like your favorite character's counterpart right. on the movie. That's what that's right. what the whole focus is: is being able to recreate or make new scenes. And uh -huh. the closer it looks to that character on screen, the better. You know, the more yeah. fun you can have, the more the more, you know, the, the possibilities open up to do all kinds of stuff. But I got to give a shout out to all the people that have been doing this long before me. Toy photography is not something that I just came up with. Sure. I would have to say that some of my biggest inspirations are, uh, like I mentioned, work more or less. Jason mm -hmm. Yang, he's one of my biggest inspirations. Uh, Black Series. I don't know if you follow Black, uh, B-L-K-S-R-S, -S, Black Series. Oh, yes, yes. He, dude, he kills it. He uh, does. Swift Picks. Um, I'd have to say Plastic Action. Sergeant yeah, Plastic ba Action. Sergeant Bananas. Uh, you know, there's so many like that I can name that, They've been doing this for a while, and I get a lot of inspiration from them. And, you know, it all kind of feeds 
each other. Like we, yeah. you know, it's a it's a very small community when you think about it. In the in the, it's fairly new too, as far as the mm -hmm. popularity has gotten in the last couple of years. So, it's one of those types of communities that you can feed off each other, and you post a pic, and then someone else is like, "Oh man, that that's such a great idea. I'm going to come and yeah. do do the next scene to that pic." You know, like oh, wow. the interaction, man, is what I really love. It's just the people. Yeah, they're fans, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's Star Wars, if it's if it's Batman, if it's Marvel or if it's sure. whatever it may be. Like I just got the new NECA Ninja Turtles in and uh Oh wow. Dude, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> you're loving those. Talk about nostalgia. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like they're doing, you know, action figure companies are making characters and you know, off of your most favorite movies, you know, anything that from your childhood is like Oh, I'm going to pull this out of your childhood and just place it on your lap. And it basically looks like, you know, what it did in the, on the film. Oh, that's so cool. I, I, and the best part about this Dakota and all the blockaders out there listening is that, you know, we're progressing in a way where, and it, sometimes I have to remind people of this. It's like, you know, the black series stuff is really cool. And then everybody says, well, where can they go from this? And I'm like, with the way the technology is advancing, and like you mentioned with the Hyper Real series of stuff, they're noticing what Hot Toys is doing. They're watching that very closely because they're seeing the six scale people go out. They're seeing the money that they're spending on it as well. And they're saying, hey, you know what? This is, a, this is something that we can gravitate towards and really try to pull the fandom into. And it's really not just only a smart business approach to what Hasbro wants to do, but I would not be surprised, and this is kind of my little prediction heading into Star Wars Celebration, is that if we don't have an announcement of another hyper-real specific uh, action uh, action figure or, or, or character, I, I would love to see personally, Dakota, and I'm going to throw it after, over to you after on this, but I would love to see... Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Clone Wars with uh, the armor and everything in the oh, Hyper yeah. Real series. For sure. They, they've actually announced the next figure in the line. He just hasn't, Did been, they? Te he hasn't been teased yet. So the next one is uh, Bespin Luke Skywalker. That's a good so one. That's going to be Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I think they're what they're trying to do is focus on the Empire Strikes Back because it's fixing to be the 40th anniversary. Oh, that's so, true. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to be focusing on that. You know, like also uh, Hasbro's doing a fan poll, which you can actually go vote right now. Yeah, uh, I did that on Fanta Tracks. Go over there and do that over with Hasbro. Yeah. So you can vote on any character that you haven't seen in Black Series form um, during the Empire Strikes Back film. If you want to see that in Black Series form, just go go on there and type in a name. I typed in Lobot. I want to see Lobot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Wow. Um, I would love to have him posed with Lando and just, you know, roaming around Cloud City. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that would be a great one. Get some Lobot love on that. and Get some Lobot hey, love. Hey, and you know what, too? I, I want Ice Cream Machine, man. I, I, will, I want to see. I have, the... <laughs> a, feeling, <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to be on there. Like, yes. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is like, hey, if you get Lobot on there and him, it's going to be a battle to the end with the fans about which one they want specifically. It's it's going to be very interesting. And the other one, too, that I wouldn't be surprised ends up on that list, Dakota, is if we don't see them ask for a Jar Jar Binks Black Series. Oh, speaking of Jar Jar Binks, did you see the S.H. Figure Arts uh, Tokyo Comic Con Jar Jar Binks? Yes, <laughs> yes. I am absolutely fascinated in that figure, 100%. Yes. So 
since that, okay, this is my thought. This is my sure. theory. Yeah. S since Figure Arts is already planning on a Jar Jar Binks. Now we may not see it for a while. Sure. But I have a, I have a feeling since it's the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to see maybe some, maybe a Jar Jar Binks, maybe, maybe even a, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the fish character that, who's the king? What's, oh, what's his name? Boss Nos? Boss Nos, yeah. Yeah, Boss Nos. I have a feeling we might see a boss nos just for fun. You know, nice. I could be I could be wrong, but you know, I'd love to see a boss nos. <laughs> that would be a really great character. I mean, and just also the, the to have Jar Jar and him or something, and just have that be at celebration too. Like almost have one out there for people to see in honor of that. Yeah, you know what? I agree. I think that there's definitely uh, and probably like you've seen on Twitter, much like myself and the blockaders have here at the network is that, you know, there's really this, this movement towards the prequels once again. And I don't know how you feel about the prequels specifically Dakota, but I feel like, and I'm a nineties kid. I grew up going into the theater, seeing Phantom Menace and watching the original trilogy as a kid, but I'm loving what we're seeing with the prequels right now when we get all this story building and whatever else. But I think it's an, also a nice callback to, you know, these, these, Films do exist. These are part of the yeah. Star Wars line. And it really is important to the timeline. And too, I feel there's going to be so many people in that 20th anniversary panel of The Phantom Menace. I mean, they're even saying on social media right now, get your tickets, order them now so you're not in the waiting line to try to get into this thing. They're right. expecting quite a bit at Star Wars Celebration. I don't know how you feel about the prequels, if you consider yourself a prequelist or not. But I think that this is what Star Wars needs. Yes and no. I mean, I did grow up. I'm 28 years old, so I grew up. Gotcha. The pre I dr I grew up during the prequel era. I remember seeing all the prequels in theaters. Um, yeah. I would have to say though, my ultimate Star Wars moment is Empire Strikes Back. So I oh, I grew up on <clears throat> I grew up on the the OG trilogy. Nice. Um, and it's kind of funny because I discovered it just like in a VHS sitting in my my dad's like room or something. I just really? popped it in. Oh yeah, and just like checked it out, and I was just hooked, man. I was just like Star Wars ever since. I was, like, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely like worth taking the time to appreciate the prequels. You know, right. I I love the story, I love the world building, I love the character interaction. Mm. You know, th there's a lot of things that I can appreciate about the prequels, but it just sure. doesn't hold it doesn't hold a special place in my heart like gotcha. you know Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, I know. Empire Strikes Back is one of those films. Is it's a it's a consistent rewatch. I put it up there with the Force Awakens from the sequel trilogy. Here, it's a consistent rewatch. Every time you see it, you're like, I'm still in that galaxy far, far away. You can't me pull. You can't pull me out of it yet. And but, it's such a great experience. But let me throw a monkey wrench in that. Go for it. So after I saw the Last Jedi, mm -hmm. and you're probably going to be surprised at this, I have to resubmit my favorite movie i would have to say the last jedi is my number one i love hearing that yeah i i have I to say love it. it i have to say it and you know there's a lot of reasons i'm not going to break down every single reason <laughs> sure and you know it's all been said before mm -hmm. but it's the story of luke skywalker and the story of his humanity and the story yes. of how he overcame his humanity yes and, and how he became one with the force like that that story spanned from the the you know the original the original movies 
and went into The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And I honestly, when I walked out of The Last Jedi, I, I turned to my wife and I said, what are they going to do with episode nine? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. what are they going to do? Like, it's, it's perfect. You can't finish it any better than that. Like, I was like, so personally, I was like, there's, there's nothing else to be said. But I know there's going to be another movie, but I just, I couldn't imagine ending it on a, on a more bittersweet, beautiful note than the sacrifice that he, you know, he made for the, the rebellion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ryan Johnson took The Last Jedi and all the <laughs> the one thing, and I say this all the time, Dakota, you've probably heard many of the podcast people here say it, is Ryan Johnson took that film and our expectations and just completely flipped us on our heads he and did. just said, hey, guess what? You know what? You came in with these high expectations and, you know, J.J. was there. He was he was executive producer. He was behind the scenes. He was seeing what was going on. And I can guarantee you that conversation between J.J. and Ryan was, hey, really throw them off so that when I get into episode nine, even though the Trevorrow stuff was still floating around, I think they had a pretty clear idea that, hey, you know what? J.J. is going to be taken on episode nine and he's going to close it out the way that he began this thing. And yes, for Ryan to do that, I think, was absolutely genius. He gave us a different look at Star Wars, yet the same. He gave us a different look at characters, yet in the same context of all the Star Wars characters that we've seen in the past. It was a very different feeling film. And I love and I love that he did that. And I think a lot of fans still have a hard time. I'm I'm in the camp with you at first. I, I was personally kind of apprehensive. I was like, okay, this is different. But after multiple viewings, I said, wow, this is a special, special film. And I think you you have to put it up there on the list because Ryan Johnson was not afraid to take risks. And I have, I have to quote Mr. Brian Fontaine on this. Sure. And he, he said... Uh, He's getting some love this, tonight. I love that. Uh, he said that, uh, that this film is going to be the best aging film, that... I guess it's going to age the like yes. the best. Over time, you're going to rewatch this film and you're going to get more out of it. Right. And I think right. that's true. I've watched it multiple times, and every time I, my, you know, a light bulb went off, and I was like, wait a minute, like, you know, I didn't see that before when I watched it because it's such a, right. it's a masterpiece of film. Like Ryan Johnson is a student of film, so he if is. you if you watch it from the perspective of a film student, it is a masterpiece. Like yes. it is. It, when you get away all the hermeneutics of your old Star Wars lore and you get away all of the things that you ever thought about Star Wars and you just watch it as a film, you will just be blown away. And that's what yes. I did. I went into that movie with zero expectation. Way I to went do in, it. I went into it not expecting Snoke to do anything. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just was blown away. And so I yes. think that's why I enjoyed it so much was because, you know, at that time in my life, I just... I really had no expectation. I was like, well, here's another Star Wars movie, guys. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like blown yeah. away. But yeah. that that's my take on it. No. And listen, I'm going to say this to all the listeners out there. OK, heading into episode nine, I want you all to take the Dagobah Customs Dakota Spicer way heading into that movie theater, just walking in and saying, hey, this is a Star Wars movie. Let me have some fun with it. I did it with Solo, too, no matter what anybody says about Solo, I, I went in there just before the summertime and I said, hey, I'm going to pop on my flip-flops and I'm going to go in and just watch a Star Wars film and have some fun with this thing. I went in with no expectations whatsoever. And truly, 
it was a fun Star Wars film. That's what yeah. it gave me. That's all it needed to be. It didn't need to hit a certain number in the box office or, hey, it failed, you know, Lucasfilm's going back. No, it was a fun film. And I had a lot of fun with it. And it gave me the solo that I was I was expecting. And it gave me the Lando that I definitely did not expect, but I loved to a T. And the stuff with Maul at the end. I mean, come on. Come on, folks. That That is not just fan service. That just reeks of Dave Filoni and Ray Park and everything else, which is so great. And that was, those are the expectations you have to have when you go into a Star Wars film. You just have to go in with none of them. Yeah, for sure. You know, speaking about Solo, like I, I love Solo on a whole different level. Like because yeah. I, Han Solo is my favorite character. Oh, so gotcha. I, I have to look at you know when I watched Solo, I did have expectations. And gotcha. I, I, I went into it. I'm like, man, I really hope they pull this off. <laughs> right. And let me tell you what, they nailed it, man. They yeah. they nailed it. I, I went in I just really kind of uneasy because I saw the I saw the trailer and I was like, man, it's just not Harrison Ford. But when I got that yeah. out of my head, I said, OK, this isn't Harrison Ford. This is Han Solo. Correct. I, I have to look at this through the, the lens that this is the character Han Solo. He's not the same person I saw in A New Hope. What is the story? And so when I looked at it from that perspective, my wife and I just were just goo goo gawing over this movie. We we're like, this this movie's amazing. Like, why isn't yeah. this like the, the the number one movie of the summer? You know, but you know, I will say that it was poorly planned to put it in that time slot. I would have. I to, agree. I would have to say if they moved it to Christmas of last year, it would have been the number one. Yes, you know, because easily. People would have been clamoring for Star Wars, but we had an overload with The Last Jedi. So many people were torn on whether they liked it, whether they didn't like it. Sure. And then the solo yeah. drops and people are kind of like they have Star Wars overload. They're like, this is too much Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even yeah. Mark Hamill said we're doing it in the summertime. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was George's 77 thing. Don't be starting to throw that around again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but. I will yeah. say they did learn from their mistakes and they're they going to they're going to backpedal but it's for a good cause. It really is. It really is. I, it's it's to reset I am going to say it. It's to reset the standard of how Lucasfilm wants to approach film and we know that they're going to move into television at some point here obviously with the Mandalorian and Clone Wars coming back and it's really to reset the standard and I'm going to say it, almost take the Feige approach to it, saying like, hey, guess what? This is coming down the pipeline. This is coming down the pipeline. This is coming down the pipeline. And almost giving us a timeline, a schedule of how Lucasfilm wants to approach the Star Wars franchise going forward. And listen, I'm not somebody who likes to rely on a timeline. I'm like, yeah, I love those surprise news bits. But at the same time, it's kind of fun to just ha say like, oh, okay, so Star Wars Episode Nine, Mandalorian comes out this time. You know what I mean? Like you can almost like place it on your calendar of when you're gonna get your Star Wars. And like you said, that summertime slot, uh, Dakota, kind of threw us off a little bit because we've been ever since The Force Awakens, it was always Christmas. It was always Christmas. That was yeah. kind of like our little time to go into the theater. I know as a teacher, we have school off for Christmas break. It was like, oh, I could spend some time in the theater really looking at the film and having some fun with it. So we'll see what they do going forward, man. We'll see what I they got do. A, I got a question for you. How many yeah. times did you see The Last Jedi in theaters? Okay, so I have to throw out how many times I saw The Force Awakens in comparisons. Okay. Just, just, just as a perspective thing. So I saw The Force Awakens 12 times in theaters. 
Nice. Um, I went to see The Last Jedi at least eight times in theaters um, just because there were certain things. And I'm somebody specifically Dakota that does not go in with popcorn or soda or candy. I am, <laughs> I am fully enveloped. I don't want to miss a single detail. And it's not because of the podcasting thing, but because there's just so many little subtleties that Ryan Johnson adds in there. You know, there, there are just so many different things, so many different elements. What is Yoda saying to Luke on Octu? Why, why, why does, is this happening to Luke? Why does, why does Luke make the decisions that he does? And you almost want to have that moment to really dig into his psyche and almost put yourself in his shoes. And sometimes you also want to put yourself in Kylo's shoes and in Ray's shoes and feel those emotions at those times. And for me, I think eight viewings of The Last Jedi really did that, which what which makes it so great. How about yourself? I want to say, I can't remember the exact number, but I saw The Force Awakens between three and four times in theaters. Gotcha. I saw The Last Jedi seven times in theaters. Wow, so interesting. About double. So I, what I, I do a similar approach. Where I will go see the movie with my family. We'll go and we'll see it at the midnight premiere. I'll yes. get ticket. I'll buy tickets for everybody, and we'll go. And then the next day, I'll usually go see the following day. I'll go see it by myself, so that way I can I can just be there and absorb, and sure. you know, not have to think about you know everything else going on with my family, and sure. you know, really think about what happens. And that's that's I don't really go see movies in the theaters that often. I'll go see Marvel movies. I'll go see DC movies. Mm-hmm. I'll go see mm-hmm. Star Wars. But it's really not going to. It's not going to, you know, no, no other films are going to get me out of my, my house. <laughs> so when a Star Wars movie comes around, I, I give the box office my money's worth. You know, I like to yeah, think of it that way, you know, support them. But yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is too, is like, we see it on social media all the time. The people that people that are saying specifically like, Hey, boycott this. Don't show up the theaters. Don't do that. Don't do this. It's like, Hey, you know what? You can stick to what you're saying, all right? So keep saying what you're saying, but it's not affecting me putting my butts in the seats and, and, and <laughs> getting my ticket right. to go see Star Wars. And I think it's fascinating. I haven't seen that as much lately. And I don't know whether that's due to Solo was what they see as the ultimate collapse with Lucasfilm. So they're kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. We've already experienced this. Or whether it is people like yourself, myself, the podcast network, Neil Lowry, so many great people across social media that are part of this fandom that have kind of, I'm going to say it, shut them up. They've completely almost walked away from the idea. Now they do still exist, but we're so much stronger. And I think after The Last Jedi and especially after solo i think we've done a good job it's kind of been our job is to make sure that those people are kind of silenced even though they have a right to say it at the same time there's a time and a place for all of it and i have a friend who is an adamant hater of the last jedi i mean he hates it with a passion and we've had many we've had discussions where you know we've tried to break it down and he just he can't fathom the choices that the characters made and at the the director made you know were the right choices and so you know i respect people's opinions Absolutely. i just i don't respect it when people bash something just to bash and you, you know it it definitely takes a i would say a more sage approach when you look at something that you don't like and you say well why don't i like this yes, and you say exactly. why does this bother me so much and then break it down and say, is this something fundamentally wrong with me or the movie? 
You know what I'm sure, saying? Sure. Because a lot of times when I read something or, or watch something, I'm like, am I offended by something? I'll say, okay, am I offended by this because it's wrong? Or am I offended offended by this because it's wrong? You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. You know, am I wrong or it's wrong? So you have to make that choice and, you know, kind of look at it from a, a philosophical, you know, outlook. And a lot of Star Wars fans are. They like to break down the films. They like to look at the yes. choices made. They like to see why things are done. And if you don't, if you don't agree with it, there's going to be more films coming out, man. There's going to be more. You know, there's <laughs> going right. to be so much more. Move on. Hey, love, love the fact that we're getting more. So, yes. you know, if you don't like one movie, you might love the next one. Yeah, that's you right. Might, you might love it. <laughs> you got to <laughs> give it time. You got to give Lucasfilm the opportunity. And I say this all the time. You got to give them the chance to say, okay. You know what? We recognize almost like what you said earlier, Dakota. We recognize what happened, all right? But let's push this forward. If you don't, like you said, if you don't like a film, just wait. Your piece of content is coming down the road. And that's the beauty of where we are right now with the canon, too. You got comic books, you got novels, you got collecting, you got the movies, you got television. You can, this is, this is basically like direct TV in spots. You can choose what channels you want to watch. You can choose what part of the fandom you want to be part of. And whether that spans different parts of it and you take in multiple uh, part, parts of the canon or parts of collecting or whatever else, absolutely go ahead and do that because you're going to have fun in the end. But you, this is a pick-and-choose Star Wars that we have not seen in a very long time. And you got to take advantage of that. If you don't want to go see the movies, guarantee you, if you go and you pick up the books, you might have a little bit of fun with that, too. Or if you want to go read the comic books, or hey, go collect some Black Series figures or SH figure arts. Choose the characters you want to collect and have fun with it. That's It's all about fun and making connections and having discussions like these. And going back to toy photography, like you said, like you can go and create your own scenes, man. If yes. you don't like, if you don't like a way the scene, you know, turned out in a movie, go recreate it with toy yes. photography. There are so many people that do that, and I, I like the photos because they're making a new scene. Maybe they didn't like what happened in the Last Jedi, and so they recreated it, and that's fine. You know, what? if you want to do that, at least find a positive outlook, a, a way to not you know, hate something just to hate it, but to find a way to bring beauty to it, you know, find a way to enjoy Star Wars, because if you're not enjoying Star Wars, you know, as a fan, you're just going to become one of those people that can't enjoy anything, you know what I mean? Because Star yeah. Wars is meant to be enjoyed. It's something that is meant to, yeah, yeah, it may challenge you, it may make you look differently at, at the world, but it's meant to be enjoyed. They're Lucasfilm and Disney, they don't want you to not enjoy this. They want you to enjoy this. So if you look at it from that approach and say, okay, how can I enjoy Star Wars? You know, yeah. maybe I just focus on photography. Maybe I focus on, you know, just playing. There's, you know, there's Star Wars Legion. There's there's yes. all kinds of different you know, outlooks and avenues for Star Wars. Like if, if you can think it, there probably is an outlook for that or an avenue. But um, yeah, that's my two cents on that. I don't want to, I don't want to preach too heavy. But. <laughs> Listen, you know us here in Brick City. We love to preach. We love to preach and, <laughs> and, and, and take a look and see what's going on in the fandom and not necessarily correct it, but give an alternative outlook on, on how to approach. It's because we care. It's because we yes. care. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are a big family. We care. If the brother is not feeling too good and he might be sick, we're going to go get him some Pepto-Bismol or whatever else. You know, we're, we're right. going we're gonna to take care of our, our little sisters, little brothers and big brothers and big sisters and the rest of our family out here. That's what it's all about. So, Dakota, the, one of the last things I want to ask you about here 
on Make the Jump is, again, Star Wars Celebration is right around the corner. I'm super excited to see what comes out of it. There's a lot of talk about, hey, when are we going to see the Episode 9 trailer and whatever else? But to me, and I'm going to ask you this question, one of the most exciting things is the unknown, the stuff that we don't know mm. about. This is five days in Chicago, and we barely know, other than maybe the the prospects of an Episode 9 trailer, we barely know what's going to happen at this thing other than guests. So what's the one thing for you, Star Wars Celebration 2019 in Chicago, that you are looking forward to the most? Man, I'm not a crier, but I probably will cry seeing Princess Leia on the scene, on, on oh, screen again. Yes. I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not a crier, yes. but if it happens, and that's in the trailer, I yes. will bawl like a baby. Oh, <laughs> the I know. fact that, you know, she's not with us anymore, that that's man it's just hard to fathom it's it's hard you know this is the last time we're going to see her on screen this is her you know piece de resistance this is the last thing that yes she's ever going to do as far as like her career so i don't know man like i just thinking about that and also uh what's the guy's name who wears the uh the hockey jerseys um kevin smith yes kevin smith came out on an interview, I think on Good Morning America, and uh -huh, he, uh -huh. he said that that J.J. Abrams was doing the Lord's work. And I think he meant that in the way that yeah. what we're going to see in this movie, I think, I think the best is yet to come. I yeah. honestly think yeah. that because if you look at it, J.J. has never finished a trilogy. He's never. Yes. He's never finished. He's set it up. He's let other people do the alley-oop. But yes. he's never gone in and nailed the coffin. Never. And I, I, you know, looking at Force Awakens at the masterpiece that that was, it's not my favorite, but I, I, it is a masterpiece. It is. I would have to say that we're, we're not going to get a Return of the Jedi. No. I don't, I don't think so. I think we might get the next Empire. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. it may be, I'm just, I, I don't want to go in with the expectation of another Empire, but I also... Just hearing Kevin Smith, and he is a super fan, like huge fan, and he can't give out any details. And he he also said <laughs> that uh, I I want to say this is a I guess a spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, I will just say don't listen to this part right here. Don't listen to this part right here. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, he said that one of the characters, and I'm guessing it's Mark Hamill, is a mm -hmm. career. It was a career. Uh, spanning performance like this is this encapsulates his entire career and i want to say he he was talking about mark hamill he said yeah. this is the best performance i've seen from this person and of course who else has he seen millions of times mark hamill yeah so right i'm gonna i'm gonna say because he is in the film you know we know that he's on the on the roster we're gonna see more mark hamill i'm just curious as to what's gonna happen you know is he says you know i'll see you around kid at the end of the last jedi he's like i'll you know i'm gonna be back but the thing yeah. is, like, what what interaction are we going to see between Luke and Kylo or Luke and Ray? Mm -hmm. And, you know, seeing that that mentor, like, you know, when Luke went back to Dagobah after the fact, you know, he faced Vader and he yep. went back to Yoda. And he had all these questions and, you know, all this remorse. And Yoda was basically like, you know, you did what you did, man. You know, yeah, be, what, right. be, one, be one with the force. <laughs> and Essentially, I, yeah. You know, he... But also, there was a twist. If you remember at the end of Return of the Jedi, he said, there is another. So That's there right. was that That's twist. Right. I have a feeling we're going to see a twist. 
I have a feeling we're going to see something that we don't expect. That may, maybe it may be a lineage. It may be, uh, uh, I don't know. I, th- I have a feeling that it's going to flip some st- flip some scripts. Yeah, and it's it's going to be good. So that's just just my two cents on all that. No, that's that's absolutely true. I think that they haven't answered the question of Ray's lineage because guess what? Ray's lineage is not the important thing. There's something else that they're using that lineage piece, much like what George did with the force uh, in the original trilogy. And then what we saw in the prequels was there's so many different interpretations of the force and who the chosen one is. And it's really to distract from what the actual message messages, which is that this is always a consistent struggle between so many different people, but there's only one galaxy that unites everybody and that everybody wants to fight for. And the force was always that thing of whether you're dark, whether you're light, it really doesn't matter. There's so much more to it than just that. And I feel like Ray's lineage and this whole, you know, you we listen to podcasts. We listen to the people who are talking about it. We also look at theory articles and whatever else. And we look at, okay, what's wh- who are Ray's parents? Who are Ray's parents? Eh, that's JJ's way of also saying, Hey, I'm going to keep telling you this and then I'm going to throw something in episode nine that you don't even expect. And I'm going to leave you on that mark. Whereas star Wars fans were like, Whoa, Holy cow. I think what does this mean? I'm sorry. I mean, interrupt, but I think if, if we're to look at it from the perspective of what is Disney doing? If I was a, if I was a Disney executive, if I was, you know, at the top of the totem pole, I would have to say, how do we move on from these characters that have, you know, been the focus right. for so long. How do we right. move on? You have to look at it from the perspective of a storyteller. Ray is a nobody, but all of mm-hmm. a sudden she has the force. She has the power that Luke Skywalker had even stronger, you yeah. know, and for them to be able to expand and to move on into new territory, the force can't be just limited to a lineage. Correct. It, it, it's not something like a dynasty. You know, it it like, you know, Luke explains it to Ray when, you know, on Octu, when he's saying it's in everything. It's yes. it's it's the it's the space, it's the, you know, it's the it's in the air, you know, it's in the ocean, it's in death, it's in life. You know, it, you can't escape the force. And you that's can't right. you can't manipulate the force. And that's something I think Disney is gonna be doing as we see I'm not sure how they're going to go about finishing the series, but I think we're going to understand that the like this. Okay, so like if you look at episode seven mm-hmm. as as a whole, and just say what yes. was the main focus of episode seven, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the Force Awakens, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So the Force Awakens. So and then the next one we see the Last Jedi, of course. Uh-huh. But it's we're saying the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi. What are we going to see in that next? If you if you look at it as a sentence, the Force yeah. Awakens, yeah. the Last Jedi to what? So we're we're going to see something. Maybe, I mean, I could, I don't know. I, I I'm just kind of rambling here, but I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, no, as, no, it's true. As a word sentence, if you think of it that way, it could, man, because. Disney, they don't like to make bad movies, man. They don't. Like if you, no, they don't at they, all. They want to make good movies. So if you look at it, the Kathleen Kennedy came out and said, like, we're putting all our gears on episode nine, like all hands on deck. This is going to yeah. be, you know, a masterpiece. But anyways. Yeah, no. 
I like that idea of The Force Awakens. We lead off with that, which it does. The Last Jedi, we see that play out in front of us. Luke says at the very end, I am not the last of the Jedi. I, I am not. There is so much more to it. And it's in the words of Luke Skywalker that we're told that, which is which means so much to Star Wars fans and actually to the canon here, because heading into episode nine, we see it as Rey. But is there so much more to it? Is the force itself not bound to just Rey, but is there something else that lurks out, whether that's in the outer rim, is wherever that is? I'm sure J.J. and Disney and Lucasfilm, the property itself, has a focus that it wants to to turn itself in, into and be able to project to its fans. And we won't know until we sit down in those seats on December 20th what exactly that is. And right. that is what is so exciting about it. Why we always ask these questions. When's that trailer? When's a teaser? When's oh, the Robin, trailer? Robin, I got to ask you this, man, because I'm yes. curious. Just out of pure speculation, yeah. What is your episode nine movie title guess? All right, so I've been kind of sitting on this one for a little bit of time, and I've I've shared it with on a. I think I might have shared it on a previous podcast, but I've always thought that yes, we've seen the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, the last film was really focused on Rey, Luke. And what was going on um, between them and the Force and trying to teach Rey what that next approach was. I always thought that Episode 9 should be named Star Wars Episode 9, Heir of Darkness. Because, mm. and, and I always thought like, you know, whether it's going to be Kylo Ren focused or not. I think that there is something in terms of coming out of The Last Jedi... The, the Resistance is only a small group of people on the Falcon to start this next film. Unless there's a time jump or something else, which has been speculated on multiple times. But until that point, that's really all that's left right there. And then you have the First Order, which under Kylo Ren, I think we're going to see it grow to something way beyond what we ever expected. And mm. I, I think that Air of Darkness would absolutely pull in not only the essence of Kylo Ren, but of where we're leading off this film. And hey, there's nothing saying that this film is going to end joyful. I think that Disney, where they love to end a film with a very positive approach and whatever else, you can do that in different ways. Rogue One is a great example of that. Very sad. Very sad. And we see that our characters are lost along the way in a very dark manner. You know what I mean? They're, they risk their lives to make sure that something happens. But there's that little ray of hope at the end revenge of the sith is a great example and that's why i say air of darkness because you see that really dark title to revenge of the sith episode three and there's a lot of darkness that just accompanies that entire film but yet at the end there's that spark of hope yes there's mm. and i think that air of darkness where it projects this very very dark title i think right at the end of it you could say okay hold on there's there's still something there and i think that that seems to be where I think it would be. So Air of Darkness is my first one. Been a lot of rumors around the title of Balance of the Force. I don't know what that is, whether that's a video game title, whether that's we there's no confirmations in terms of United States trademarks or whatever else. But Air of Darkness to answer your question, yes, that would be the one that I would go with. Nice. You know, I I'm trying not to think of a cheesy one because that's where my <laughs> my mind goes. I, you know, the Force I'm, falls asleep. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the four slumbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I would have to say for mine. Um, yeah. I know it's a Star Trek movie. Okay. I know oh, yeah, it's our. Fine. I know it's a Star Trek movie. That's fine. But for, forget about that. Okay. Just forget that this is have anything relations to do with Star Trek. Mind wipe. Think about Star Wars Next Generation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. There's nothing saying they couldn't do anything like that. That's an open open term. And Star also, Wars Next Generation. Ooh, next I Next Generation. Like that. I know it's it's not going to happen, but no, I but just, still. I think the you know the message is there. Yes. But. Yes, and it doesn't matter whether it's it's Ray or Padawans or Kylo Ren or nothing. It's it's a next generation. We're moving on from the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Or I, I think of stuff like Star Wars, Passing of the Torch, or like Star Wars. <laughs> uh, you know, one of these movies going to end. And like <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars, one of these movies going to end. Oh, that is a good one. I like that. Oh, you know, man. I, I'm hoping that they do like some parody, you know, like, oh, you know, yes. SNL always comes out and they do like a Star Wars spoof. I hope they do something like that because it always cracks me up. Oh, I, I, you know, for a fact, when episode nine gets closer and closer, they're going to have Adam Driver back on SNL. And oh, man. going to have so much fun with it, too. <laughs> what a great little spoof, too. Like him oh, being man. the cleanup guy. <laughs> oh, I know. And it would be great if oh. we see, uh, um, what was it? Uh, the, uh, Radar tech, Matt the radar technician. If yeah, Matt, we see, Matt the radar technician. See yeah. him come back in like an episode nine form or whatever else, and you see like oh, what Christie come out as Captain Phasma, all burnt up. Like, <laughs> she do you think Phasma? Do you think Phasma survived? No, I think I think she's no? at this point. You think I, she's I, the goner? I think. I mean, if they bring her back, it's if they bring Phasma back, I'm gonna look at it and be like, okay, then Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit. Like, come but, on. But but he did, didn't he? Didn't Lucas say he survived? Yeah, Lucas says he survived, but <laughs> we haven't gotten any confirmation from Disney yet. Uh, now, okay, so. okay. Uh, that, that's the no, no. It's it's fine because in my mind he did survive the Sarlacc pit. But I'm just saying in reference to where we are with Phasma, it's like okay, she keeps surviving all these things. Like, what's you know? Uh, I, it's just it's interesting. So I got a, like a total side digress right now. So yeah, if go Bo for it. if if Boba Fett did survive. Yeah. What, you know, since the Mandalorian is set in between, you know, the OG and the sequels. Yeah. Could we see Boba Fett return in the Mandalorian? That would be the yeah. way they would do it. I think they would. I honestly think it's going to happen. Interesting. I think it's going to happen. I think that what we're going to see is a lead up to the reveal that either the Mandalorian is Boba Fett or Boba Fett is involved in some way kind of like how maul survived you know right the, the prequels you know most right. people's like how is maul alive how did he survive but i mean he's boba fett dude he's like the yeah, most right you know bad a galaxy <laughs> you know defend like uh what's not galaxy uh i can't even talk um bounty hunter bounty he's hunter, the yeah. yeah he's a, he's like you know the bounty hunter so he's got to survive He's got it. There's got to be something in there, man. I mean, the Mandalorian is going to definitely ex explore all different aspects. I mean, we see that already, you know, John Favreau putting out the picture of IG-88 or what we perceive to be IG-88. You know, he had a whole crew of uh, droids that uh, were bounty hunters alongside him. So we don't know necessarily if that is IG-88 himself. 
but um, Skippy the Jedi droid R5 there. I mean, it's like, how did, that's how I, what I say. If they're on Tatooine, how the heck did R5 survive after that terrible electricity accident? But wouldn't that make a lot of sense, though? Like you It know, would. This, it would. Like them talking about the Boba Fett movie, and then all of a sudden there's the Mandalorian. It's like, do you yeah. think they were... Do you think they were throwing us for a loop with that? Do you think they're like, just to test the waters to see if we'd be interested? And then people are like, yes, we need a Boba Fett movie. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to do The Mandalorian and kind of just throw you for a, you know, throw you for a loop. But Yeah, I think they definitely needed to. And I think they definitely needed to give us something Mandalorian focused. And I don't know why I have this crazy idea that maybe... Benioff and Weiss were originally tasked with taking on the Mandalorian as as a film of some kind like that would have been their choice. And then John Favreau came in and said, "Uh, you guys should really look at the Disney Plus streaming service. You guys should really get into the TV biz because that's that's where they're going to be after episode nine. I have a feeling we're not going to see an episode 10 for quite some time. And they're going to really focus on the streaming stuff. And and the Mandalorian is going to be that piece that we go forward with. I see this being multiple seasons. It has to be. Yeah, I that's a good that's you know, that's honestly something I haven't even thought about is like what what's going to be the time just or time jump between, you know, seeing episode nine in theaters to what's the next Star Wars movie in theater that we're going to yeah. see. We we might see a trailer or not even a trailer, but announcement at Celebration um, of what's you know, when can we expect to see the Ryan Johnson trilogy? When can right. we expect to see the Benioff and Wise trilogy, you know? I'm guessing just at the amount of time that they knock these movies out, I'm going to say at least a year between at least least a year, maybe two, but not no long because they don't want people to forget about Star Wars. So they're going to they're going to be pumping out the like you said, the streaming content, having people involved and, you know, getting back their Marvel properties and, you know, getting people involved on the streaming on the streaming service, which. Yeah, a lot of people do. They they'd rather sit at home and watch a you know on their sixty inch plasma screen, and it looks better at, the, at home than it does at the theater. You know? <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think that's but, that's definitely the approach that they're looking at for sure. And I think a lot of our fans. I know I'm going to be doing a poll very soon about you know specifically what's the thing that you are most enticed by the future of Star Wars films going forward. Or what's coming to the streaming stuff, you know, in the near future, because I feel like that poll is going to be a real interesting percentage. You're going to see them, you know, a good amount of people say, hey, those future Star Wars films, because we love being in the theater or whatever else. But we also do live in an age where people like to sit down and binge watch and they love to really dig deep into what they're doing with the streaming TV lore. And now when we're talking about Star Wars TV canon that's a whole other thing within that time stretch before the force awakens, like what we're seeing with star Wars resistance. So it'll be fascinating to see what people say. And I think that a majority of people are going to be like, Hey, I don't mind the idea of on a cold winter's day, sitting down and watching the Mandalorian on TV and binge watching on episodes that I, I missed out on. I think exactly. that that's definitely a possibility. That sounds magical. <laughs> Doesn't it? Doesn't <laughs> it? You can sit at home. You can make a big thing of chicken parm and watch a, a Mandalorian knock off some uh, some heads, you know. I, I'm all yeah. about that. I I just need to buy like a nice sound setup. I don't have a good <laughs> I don't have a good sound bar. Yeah, I need to, yeah. I need to go pick one of those up. Yeah, definitely before uh, the Mandalorian uh, hits television, hits that Disney Plus streaming service for sure. Everybody out there, let's all pitch in. Let's get uh, Dakota a new uh, sound bar so that oh, he's ready to guys. roll. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the. I appreciate get a, it. Get a Brick City GoFundMe. 
Let, let's get Dagobah Customs a new soundbar, right? Let, well, let's get that moving. Speak, let me let me throw out uh, before before we go. Let me sure. throw out let me throw out the stuff that's going on with all my different accounts. Just yes, so everybody's absolutely. up everyone's up to date. So right now the pre-order window for my diorama that I'm currently working on with Figureworks, which by the way, he's an incredible designer. He helped me create this diorama. You know, it's it what it is, it's a recreation of the uh, the Moss Eisley cantina it's like a it's like a little section of it mm -hmm. and you're able to you know put your figures in there and it has an led table and it has nice um it has you know screen accurate dimensions and it has you can go on dagoba customs dagoba underscore customs and check it out the pre-order window closes on march 1st so anybody that wants to order you know we we work with you if you want to do a payment plan or if you want to pay in full um right now the first batch is sold out so there's 10 people on that first batch and then there's the second batch uh, is currently still taking orders. So there's only three people left uh, on that on that pre-order batch. So once that sells out, then we may do a third batch, just depending on how many people we get interest. Um, but right now it's going to be looking like the first batch is going to be uh, we're going to be getting done, knocking those out, shipping them out by the end of March. Nice. So you should should be looking out for uh, all the Instagram uh, toy community, toy photography hashtags and you're going to see you know dagobah customs the smugglers retreats what we call it it's nice. a uh, you know i don't want to i don't want to mess with any star wars licenses because this is sure. fan, this is fan made of course. and uh it's a it's a really cool set so if you're interested in it it fits the black series six inch scale it's not 3.75 so if you're interested check me out on dagobah customs i also do photography i do dagobah underscore days which is my personal photography account um, I post on Twitter also, Dagobah Days. And then also I have a feature page, which I do Star Wars toy picks. And that is basically anything from Lego to uh, Hot Toys to Black Series. And I'll just, anything that looks interesting, Star Wars toy photography, I'll repost it. You can tag me on there. I'll repost your photos. Um, also, I have a another page that I mentioned earlier, 112 Collective, which is, we just hit 5,000 uh, followers on 112 oh, Collective. Oh, that's awesome. So we're actually doing a giveaway. So if you want to be entered oh, nice. to do a get a giveaway, we're doing a giveaway for a King Kong figure. So it's a seven inch uh, Mezco King Kong figure and we, we'll ship it worldwide. So if you want to enter in, all you got to do, go to the 112 Collective page and just write on the comment, you'll see giveaway and you write on the comment of that post, your favorite superhero and then why you like that superhero. And that's all you got to do to be entered. And if you want to repost it, that's a bonus entry. So that's, you could possibly get two entries if you want. So that's what's going on with me. It's been crazy. I've been so busy. I'm so excited about Star Wars. I'm excited about all the pages that I, I run. I'm super grateful for the interaction with everybody on the community. Just want to say a big thank you to all the people that support me, <clears throat> especially my wife. <laughs> and uh, just thank you guys. Yeah, it's been, it's been very incredible so yeah oh that's so great that's so great and in honor of mr dakota spicer's plug time here you guys can follow me over on twitter at mr vote tweets check out all my tomfoolery and everything happening at the podcast network at the official vote hey www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in that galaxy Kind of far, far away, not too far, far away, because guess what? You can listen to podcasts. You can check out articles and everything over there as well. Also, 
T Public to rock, rock the network, specifically Patreon to support the network and also donate to our Galaxy of Joy program between the Brick City Blockade and Starlight Children's Foundation, bringing smiles to kids' faces in hospitals around the country every cent at a time. So thank you guys so much for listening here to Make the Jump. Hey, Dakota, it's been awesome having you on, my friend, and we will be looking forward to having you on in the near future. Man, thank you so much, Robin. I forgot to add one last thing. Go for um, it. Go for it. One Stop Toy Shop just uh, sponsored 112 Collective. So if, you, if you're if you interested in getting Mezco figures, go check out One Stop Toy Shop on Instagram. And they got free shipping on all Mezco. So you don't have to worry about shipping. And he's a trusted seller. So check him out. Boom. Mic drop on that one. And for Mr. Dakota Spicer, this is Robin Vogt here on Make the jump. We'll catch you all next time. And as we always say, may the force be with you. Always. Always.